0: Today is the NLP Today, and we'll be talking about uh, identity, the ma- uh, unstoppable force, magic self-image. Um, and then after today's NLP Today at one o'clock is the NLP Inner Circle, um, which I've put the links in a couple places, places, um, and I'll post it in the, uh, excuse me, in the chat if people want to come. Um But generally we change the format from every week doing NLP today. I may bring it back in a few weeks. Uh, It's fluid, you know, how I'm doing my business is changing. It's that time of year where people kind of redo their business, look at different things they can do. Um, And so if we're not doing an NLP today, it's more of an NLP uh, mastermind group uh, where different people take turns uh, teaching Uh, maybe giving a small talk and then have an open discussion Uh, a couple of weeks ago before the holidays, around the holidays, we did a, we did a, um, um, NLP, like what's your favorite woo woo technique, hypnosis or NLP woo woo, metaphysical, whatever it was. Right. And so that was fun. So I think that's, you know, it's in transition. So if people have ideas, I'll send out an email uh, about that, about how, how we'd like to do it. Um, but I'm probably gonna even if we open it up for different things and still call it NLP today, the um we'll we'll have some fun with it, right? And even if it'll change, it'll change. So that's kind of the 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 idea. So like next week it'll be an NLP mastermind group. And I know it'll be that because I have have to have something done at the Veterans Administration and those things can't plan your day if you got to show up to the VA. Great thing about government healthcare, care. Uh, but I'm grateful for them. They treat me well, to be honest with you. So, <clears throat> you know, and always be grateful. So anyway, today, what I was going to talk about uh, real quick, and again, the general format is uh, I'll talk a little bit, teach, give an overview. Um, and then uh, at, at the end of that, I usually stop the recording so people can share, ask questions, and not, especially if you want something um, not, not recorded. So, so anyway, so let's get started. Uh, and yes, I do have notes, but I, I will make notes up uh, and probably post them somewhere. Um, so anyway, what about what is it about this uh, self-image stuff, right? You know and i call it like unstoppable force right the first question comes up because i've separated two parts back the next part on the uh, inner circle i'll maybe talk about person, you know your personality so because when i started looking at this i've been trying to figure out like why do people self-sabotage especially people in our world which you know we have the keys to the kingdom the nlp the hypnosis some of the stuff that we know we've got the keys to the kingdom and yet we self-sabotage, we blow ourselves up. Right. And, you know, and I see people do it all the time. I don't know if anybody here has ever self-sabotage you, you know, you'll do some things, you'll do some things, you know, or you go to a training and all the trainings are, are applicable. I don't really make fun of any other trainings, whether they're coaching or whatever it is, right. Let's say it's a business thing, right. Building your business on whatever it happens to be. And let's say there's 10 people in the room with you that you know of and Several of them do what's taught and it just takes off like a bat out of hell and they're doing fine. Other people, it just doesn't seem to work. And I always wonder why that is, you know, especially if if the metrics are pretty much the same, right? So they're doing the steps. It's not working, right? So, you know, uh, there's there's a lot of thought and I've gone back to a basic and the basic I've gone back to is uh, uh, Maxwell Maltz. The guy that wrote Psycho-Cybernetics, which they stole a lot of the NLP techniques from. They act like they were inventing stuff. And if you actually were a student of Maxwell Maltz, you're like, "Eh, this this stuff has been around for a while. They refined it and added some language stuff to it. But anyway, um, he talked about, he has a book, not his psycho cybernetic book, which is a very good book. Everyone should read it. But I would say his best book is The Magic of Self-Image Psychology. Now, you have to remember, Maxwell Maltz was a plastic surgeon. He was a medical doctor. He wasn't a psychiatrist. He was a plastic surgeon. And he talked about this thing about what is your self-image, right? Um, And because he would, you know, people come in and he'd look at him and say, there's not much I can, this was in the 50s, early 60s and you know he would say um there's not much i you know you're fine you know you're it's it's symmetrical right and so but they would want some kind of surgery you know plastic surgery nose cheeks whatever it was and so he would do it and he goes some of them it would they weren't ever happy and just think right now, if we can compare it to plastic surgery, how many are those horrible pictures you see, see of people that have become addicted to plastic surgery? Right, not just women. Look at uh, and he's a great actor. I feel bad, uh, Mickey Rook, Right, like you know, dude. I mean, you, you probably should have stopped somewhere along. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm not judgmental as I'm judging, so I'm judging non-judgmentally. There's an there's an NLP phrase. Right, right, Miss Hamilton? Yes, we don't judge as we're judging. <laughs> but anyway, it's like, you know, so there's something going on. And it's, you know, and from the outside, uh, and then that plastic surgeon had a TV show, Nip and Tuck or something. And he would say that, you know, these people come in and they're symmetrically almost perfect. They just need a little tweak. And then you see them, you know, seven years later, they got whatever. It's It's a train wreck, right? So anyway, Maxwell Maltz, you know, because, and he actually admitted he would do things like people come in and he'd say, okay, we'll do it. And then he would put them under anesthetic, not really do the surgery, from what I understand. And because unethical now, he'd probably get sued. But, you know, some of the people were happy. Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted. He didn't do much, right? If anything at all. And other people do that, right? And so... So that's the book I, you know, I went back and I, I read and I'm, I'm re-listening to, and it's, you know, it's always a lot of these things seem to come in circles, right? So anyway, going back to our 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 identity, you know, uh, our self-image, which is your deep identity. So what's the difference between uh, your identity, your self-image, and your personality? Well, your identity and your and your deep self-image is how you see yourself, how you truly see yourself, and how others perceive you. There seems to be a feedback loop. Right? Um, your personality is more like traits, behaviors, and even some of the roles that you play. I would dare say all of us here play different roles at different times, right? If you're if you got kids, you probably act differently around your kids than you'd act in a business, whatever it happens to be, right? And you know, for my other profession is acting. That's where like some of these actors lose their minds the method actors that like you know they become the part right which everybody says that's brilliant but I'm like I don't know some of the some of the uh, follow-ups of people that have done these brilliant where they got into it so much and I always think of Heath Ledger lost his mind you know I mean the list goes on right and also too you know I mean how much can you get into but anyway, so roles that you play, all of that's your personality, but they're kind of interlinked. It's like, you know, as we all understand in NLP and hypnosis world, it's like it's all interrelated. Your beliefs, your behavior, your attitudes, your outlook, your personality, your self-image. And, you know, it's, it's a constant flow, you know. So. So, you know, most people, when they think about this, they want to change maybe a specific aspect of their self-identity or their, or, or that, and, you know, but, and it'll be working and then they self-sabotage, right? You're, you you, I mean, how many times we see it, you know, especially if you've been in this business a long time, I always have, I'm always amused, which sounds better than, you know, somewhat disgusted when I'm at a hypnosis conference and we start talking and somebody goes, yeah, you know, like their weight loss, I've never failed with a client. What? So you take away their free will, right? That's the only way you'd never fail is you'd have to totally rip out their self-will, you know? Um, And so, but I mean, a lot of us has been doing it a while. I've, I've had people lose Think the most was 140 pounds over a year, right? Uh, it was a guy, and uh, dropped out. you 140 pounds. He's obviously a big boy, uh, and he dropped all that mm-hmm. weight. And he and he kept most of it off, right? He did put back on some, but I've had other people drop weight, keep it mm-hmm. off forever, right? Mm-hmm. So you know the 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 NLP and the hypnosis work but they didn't seem to keep it off, right? Permanently, you know, and to me, I just always wonder why, right? And I really would would relate this to when I was doing stop smoking seminars on the road, you know, back 90s where you go to, some of us are old enough to remember, we call them the holiday in route, right? You'd go to the, you'd see them advertise, you know, stop smoking, whatever from 40 bucks to whatever. It, it, it usually topped out at like 79, uh and in fact several people i know literally made millions of dollars one is my friend bob Otto, who runs iact and imdha uh you know and and a few other people but i mean these people come in they drop the 40 bucks let's say just picking a round number and they would have great success on in a group setting you know so you're not customizing anything it's just just a group setting of hypnosis, right? Um and then other people, it it just wouldn't uh it just wouldn't work. So, you know, so again, you can learn a skill or an ability that you want to use, but if it clashes with your identity, right? If your your deep parts of your personality, your self-image, your identity, right, uh it's gonna, it's gonna kick out. And one way to think about it is. You have your comfort zone, right? Whatever your comfort zone is, right? And, you know, I can use a couple of examples. One would be temperature, right? What is your comfort zone for the temperature where you're at, right? And once you get out of that comfort zone, you feel uncomfortable. If, you know, I get a lot, you get a lot of people, I live in Florida now, a lot of people move from the Midwest or upper Northeast um, from a cold climate and come down here and they'll say it's too hot. Right? Well, it's outside their comfort zone. You know, if they're coming from Minnesota, you know, yeah, it might get a little hot in the summer, but it's not hot. You know. To describe where I'm at in Florida. It gets hot in April and stays hot till October. You know, what's the temperature tomorrow? Probably mid 90s and high humidity. What's going to be the day after that? Mid 90s, high humidity. Right. Well, that's my you know, I like that. Doesn't seem to bother me. It's my my wife likes it. it's our comfort zone. We go up north. The mid Even around here, we had a couple of chilly mornings. It gets to 60 degrees. I've got my winter jacket out when I'm going to the health club. And I see all the snowbirds walking in the health club shorts and a tank top. And I'm like, well, they're probably a snowbird. Well, their comfort zone is different. You know, I remember when I grew up in the Midwest and lived in in the Chicago area, if it was 60 degrees in the the winter, you might have had a T-shirt on or just a, you know, a regular shirt. It wasn't freaking out. (laughs) So whatever your comfort zone is, or just think about like weight, right? Your weight, uh, you have a comfort zone. If you get outside of it, right? Whatever your true comfort zone is, you know, if you get outside of that comfort zone of that weight, and let's say you, you gain weight, you'll take action to lose the weight to get back to your comfort zone. Right? You know? And so, I mean, so what is the comfort zone, right? Right. Uh, so what are you comfortable with now what most people do though one of the problems is um they change their comfort zone to fit where they're at because it's comfortable it's you know it's like you know or it, 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 or they'll judge themselves by other people right like you see it like why do people like reality TV right it's because my life may be a train wreck but god damn look at this one you know, it's like so. You know, you could compare. You know, it's like you know, uh, the the guy that drinks too much, so he compares himself to the Skid Row drunk, even though you know he's 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 getting close. But it's like it's this, right? So whatever your comfort zone is, that you know, and that can change. That that proves you could change parts of your self identity, right? Because again, when you go, let's say, if you get outside your comfort zone, if you have a minimum uh, threshold for an income. Right. And there's a threshold there. It's not just like one static number, whatever that comfort zone is. If it drops, you'll probably start taking a lot of action to try to get to that. But on the flip side, once you cross over and you get, you get higher, right. You'll probably self-sabotage to get back to whatever that comfort zone level was. Right. That's why I see this in our field all the time, you know, where whatever that, you know, uh, um, what it, whatever it is. And then, you know, part of your self image is also as Jim Rohn said, and so did Maxwell Maltz. It's also set by the company that you keep. You know, if you're, if, if your goal is to get, to be in shape, you probably need several friends that are in shape. Right. I mean, there's a reason you go to the health club, people there are exercising and in shape. If most of your group doesn't do that, you know, uh, they'll be the one lowering your comfort zone. You know, it's like, nope, I'm, you know, whatever it is. It'll be like, hey, be reasonable. You know, think smaller, right? Uh, I hear it in our field. I still remember being at a conference once and we were talking about income in our, in our NLP and hypnosis world. And one person goes, well, everyone knows a really good hypnotist struggles. And I, I barrel remember this one. I'm sitting at the table with Jerry Kahn right and he literally dropped this fork we were eating and he goes and you know it's like you know it, it's like but it's like this the guy was justifying it because one of the strongest uh psychological principles is your need to be consistent with your self image right and that's why if you do something that's where guilt can come in you know if you do something against your self image i'm not the kind of person that usually do that you're going to feel guilty because Screw the laws on the outside, you've broken internal law. Does that makes sense to people, right? And that, you know, could be a good or a bad thing, but it's like, you know, where, you know, so if you want to change that self image, it can happen, right? But you got to have some steps to get there. And it's not as easy as it sounds. I hate to say that way, right? But society likes, you know, they profit off your pain. Right, they profit off your pain. Right, I mean it's the time of year. Just probably in your Facebook feed, how many things are uh, about weight loss right now? Right, first they same companies just spent millions getting you to eat more at the holidays. So now you're fat. So now you're going to spend. It's the same companies, especially the marketing companies. Now we're going to sell you this, and it's always fast, easy, effortless. I lost 40 pounds and didn't give up carbs or didn't start, or and I don't exercise. I don't know about anybody else, but I look at it and go, and what the hell are you doing? I did. There's one that I love. It's like chair yoga, and it shows this guy, how long will it take to get in this great shape if you use chair yoga? And now I'll just, I'll reveal my own beliefs. I believe in the power of the brain and all this magic. But first of all, I'm looking at the guy's picture and I'm going, that's a weightlifter's physique. That's not a guy that does a lot of yoga. Right. I mean, Beryl and I and Reed and a few people that have been to some of the conferences we have. I always think of Charles Crenshaw. You could tell he's a yoga guy, you know, he's skinny as a bean. He can put his leg behind his head. I doubt that bodybuilder could do it. Right. But it's a it's a good looking body. But I'm I'm sitting there, you know, and that's you know, they're selling you on the idea of fast and easy. Right. And I'm not even saying it might not work if you started to do it. But if that once you start dropping that weight. Um, if it drops out of your comfort zone, you're gonna self-sabotage, you know. Is it is it okay? I still remember my favorite weight loss client is and I had an ad for a while. She goes, um, I'm trying to think of a headline. I ran in the paper. Oh, I moved to Florida and didn't want to be the fat grandma. Right? I wanted to be the hot grandma. Yes, I actually ran that in the paper. And people go, that's it. I'm like, the phone rang off the hook. (laughs) Like, you know, well, that way, you know, she got out of her comfort zone. She goes, well, my first problem is I'm hanging around with old fat people, constant old fat people. All they do is talk about what hurts and, you know, and then let's go eat and then talk about why we can't lose weight. I said, well, first of all, you got a selection error, you know. But anyway, so what is that self-image, right? And again, because you want to be consistent with your self-image. And if you get out of that comfort zone, there's only one or two things you can do. Change your self-image, which parts of that will change your personality, or you will lower your threshold. You know, As our dear friend, got to do my thing, our dear friend, Tony Robbins would say, you got to raise your standards, you know, who's really near you. And there's a difference between associates and people you can associate with and hang out with. And those that you really let into your sphere of influence, to me, that means get inside your mind, right? And so what might motivate someone, you know, so again, like somebody wants, they don't like their body right now. It's clashing with that self-image. So they, and it's painful enough. They start taking action, right? And again, you know, so they change their diet. They, they, they join a gym and maybe even go, what a concept uh I mean I think they said at our health club so far they've had like over several hundred people join and one of the guys that works out like goes, oh God and I said don't worry only maybe 10 percent are ever gonna show up anyway and uh you know so it's like like but then the people that start dropping that weight you know again going back to you know Jim Rohn and uh Maxwell Maltz you might need to get a different circle of influence in, of people that is going to be your goal, right? And so you've got to have this self-image, you know? So the self-image is, who do you want to be? And what is that self-image? How do they look? How do they act? And one of the mistakes I think people make is they judge their start by where someone else is. So if you're going to a conference and you're just, you're redoing your hypnosis business, or coaching business, or if you're just starting or you're redoing it, you know, and and you meet a few people there that are literally making, you know, high, high six figures, if not seven figures. If you judge where you're starting by where they're at right now, you are going to fail. Right? You know, I just worked with someone who wanted to improve their their speaking skills, platform skills. I said, great, that's easy. They go, yeah, I love like Tony Robbins, Brandon Bouchard. I watch their videos. I go, oh no, 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 stop that, stop, 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 boo, boo. Go back and find their old videos when Tony was still wearing a suit and he still his face wasn't perfect yet and everything else, right? Because you need to see where they started. You know? uh, when I was trying to learn film acting, I've done stage acting for decades, and I'm like, okay, I want to, I want to do film. And I uh, signed up for some classes, right? And I signed up for a b- beginner's class. And one of the, you know, after I'm there, and the person goes, well, you know, you have this experience. You understand how to cre- bear with me on acting stuff. You know how to create a character and your sight lines and all this. Yeah, I know that. But I don't know what it's like to act for the camera, right? And I need to start at the basics, right? I'm not going to judge myself by people that's been doing Film work for decades, right? Because again, you we we see that. So, but again, we we start, we judge our starting point by their finishing point. We really see that as hypnotists and NLPers with people that want to get in shape, lose weight and get in shape. Well, I want to be like my friend so-and-so. She's like, you know, 125 pounds and ripped. Well, okay, that's great. We could get there, but you know, if you're a buck 70 and not, you know, and you don't exercise, it's going to take a while, right? So the best thing you do is figure out where somebody starts. And again, you know, and, and realize that you're going to have to adjust this self image as you go along. You know, a typical story would be, um, I was at a conference and I won't say which one, it was Las Vegas. And, you know, um i was in you know i worked out they they had a great little gym in this in in where the conference was and very few of the hypnotists ever went to the gym right well i was going to be there for like a week this also happens up in massachusetts it really happens there because there i'm usually 10 days and there's a health club across the street and you know i i wouldn't see too many people there right and yet going back to this self image and comfort zone i'd see all these people complaining while they're at the conference you know about how hard it is to stay in shape when you're at a conference as they're standing there with a with a plate with three donuts right and coffee with extra cream and sugar and someone would be like, well did you work out today oh you really everyone knows you can't work out when you're when you're doing stuff like this right and so anyway we we're talking and uh I don't know, something was said. And they said, well, they asked me. I said, well, I worked out, you know, I'm keeping my same workout schedule while I'm here. And somebody said, well, you have self-discipline. I said, trust me, I'm a weak man. I'm weak when it comes to certain areas of my life. There's two things I've learned, you know. One is don't tempt yourself. As Bill Clinton would say, don't, don't don't, lead me to temptation. I know right where it's at. I need to avoid it. <laughs> But also, too, it's like, of course, I work out because that's who I am. You know, my, I, I know a guy that, you know, he was doing this stop smoking things on the road and he stayed in great shape because, it, you know, he would get up every morning and run. Forget what it was, I forget how many miles, but minimum of 30 minutes usually to an hour. And this was still on the road doing two shows a day, doing all this stuff. Right. And people say it's because you have self-discipline. But he. He put it the best when he said, "No, I'm a runner, so I run." Right, that one statement's the ultimate in self in, in his self identity is being consistent with who he is, and also parts of his personality. Then the behaviors that go into his personalities, you know, the things, the traits that make up the personality, will align with that. So that's what you're going to do, right? So you know, deep down, um, if you want to change your person—not your personality, but your self-image—first of all, you have to have a goal, somebody that you that you could model. Because I was talking to somebody about this, and they're like, "Well, it got into more physical." They were a psychologist, and we got in another was a social worker was at this rehab, and I'm like, "But that's how humans learn. That's how you learn how to walk." You saw your parents walk or your siblings or other people and you'd, get, and you'd stumble and fall. And thank God nobody yelled at you. Uh, what are you, an idiot? What do you mean you can't walk? You're 11 months old. Your cousin was running at nine months old. Right? Whatever it is. I don't know. I have my own scars. So I, <laughs> I exposed them. Uh So anyway, so, you know, you got to not just and and it's that long term consistent things that make part parts of your personality that will make your self identity now we've also had the magic moments where your identity shifts once once your self image your identity totally shifts then magic can happen like for a lot of us you could relate if you if you had kids right once you became a parent Part of your, per- hopefully part of your personality shift. It may not. I work in, I work in, I still do consulting with alcohol and drug. That's one of the issues you get there. You know? uh, but again, it's this, you know, it's, it's that need to be, and if you're going to become a parent, you start acting like a parent. And again, that personality, that pre-programmed personality, self-identity will start kicking in, you know, again, based on your family, based on society, uh based on that. And so you know, if you want to make these changes, I guess the questions you'd ask yourself is, who do I have to be to live that way? Whatever it happens to be, to look that way, to be that person. And what do I have to do to get those results? Those two questions begin to shape it. Now, if I want to do what they're doing, well, you know if I want to look that way, you know, if I want to be that person, Let's say with a high six figure practice, well, what do I have to do to get those results? I'd have to redo my marketing, I'd have to change how I approach things. I'd have to do things differently. yada, yada, yada. right? And you know, what can drive you? And my late lately, I've been using uh, this thing that it's a driver for me, which is um, true hell. Is meeting the person you could have been that didn't take the behaviors to get there, right? And if that gets in your head with, well, what do I have to do to get there? If I want to get in great, I've almost got my abs back. I will brag. Ah, they're, right? This, right? And that runs in my head. It's like, ah, uh, much as I want that carrot cake late at night, you know, it, it might not be a good, you know, you know. And it's that, you know, as, as you guys know, I teach this, which is the power, you know, you can use the power of regret. I don't want to regret not doing the things I need to do. You know, And so, you know, deep down, you want to make these changes, right? And And make it part of your, of who you are, right? And again, you know, still doing, excuse me. Consulting work again in rehabs, alcohol and drug rehabs, that is something that's one of the things I wish more people talked about in rehab is you're changing your identity. Right? The party or the the whatever it happens to be, you know. And you know, into a person that lives in recovery, you know, and part of that is, and I will just say, rarely have I ever seen a person. Who was a full-fledged alcoholic or drug addict, recur recover long term and not at least at some level have an association with a recovery group of some type, right? Um, so anyway, uh, because we want to be consistent with ourselves and the people around us. You know, I'll close with, you know, I've I've had friends that were uh I wish Billy would have shown up for this one. Uh, You know that were operators like in the Navy, you know Navy Seals. You know, and there's levels in that for people that don't know. But they'll all, you know, the ones I knew, and even the elite, you know, the Rangers that made it to the berets, they'll all say the heart. It was impossible for them, almost impossible, to go back to the regular Navy or go back to the regular Army because their standards were different. Right, I, I I use the example of someone I know. They were they joined the Marines, which is a very active military branch in the United States anyway. And you know, they looked like a Marine. They were like 24. They were ripped. They were in shape because every day they exercise. It's part of the Marine. You know, they run everywhere. They do PTs. Part of their life. Right. Not every branch of the military does that. You know. And he looked at, and the uniforms are squared away. You know, you can usually see a Marine, their uniforms, you know, the gig lines lined up, their uniforms pressed, their boots are shiny, yada, yada, yada. Well, he gets out of the Corps, right? And you see him two years later and your first response is, what the hell happened to you? Well, he he's not around the Marines anymore, right? And so even though he exercised almost every day for, I think he was on active duty four or five years, whatever that is 1500 times over that period of time it didn't internalize as part of his self image right and then we were talking and he goes yeah but what really upsets me then when i see the you know when i see what i look like i just don't like that i don't look like you know and he goes you know i want to look like i used to look and so my only advice was, no, 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 get a picture. And I can't think of his name. I just saw his picture. The guy just had a massive heart attack and had some rehab done. work. Uh, he's a four-star Marine Corps general. He's in his 60s. I said, get a picture of guys like that or Marine Corps colonels, older guys that are still in shape because they're still Marines. They still have to hit their, their, their physical fitness markers and, and all that stuff. That's the image you need to get because he worked in a in a factory where, dare I say, being in shape was the was not the norm. And I go, you you like being a Marine because you wanted to be different. So you could Razz the Army guys and the Navy guys and the Air Force guys. Yes, well, why don't you like get in shape? So you could Razz these fat guys you work with at the Ford factory. Right? And so. Yeah, but it was part of his self-image, but he still had that clash. He was out of his comfort zone. And I said, well, if you don't change this, he wasn't a client. We were just talking. You'll just, you'll adapt and you'll, you'll keep lowering your standard. You'll keep lowering that comfort zone, right? Um, and so that's, that's a little bit on, you know, your, your, your self-image. When you really get it rocking, it'll change everything you know, and at one o'clock for people that want to, I should, I'll put it in the notes, but I'm gonna stop the recording in a minute. Uh, if you want to come to the um, inner circle at one o'clock, I'll be talking a little bit on personality, you know, which kind of goes with this. There, it's like a lot of things. It's like when I hear people say magic belief shift, which is great, but rarely does one thing, you know, you, you almost start to be, re- you have to be ready to unpack several different levels, right? And you know you could break the bond if you will, whatever the anchor is, right? But then you need to reattach it. So just a little bit, I wanted to throw out there on the magic of self-image, I- right? It's it becomes an unstoppable force when you use it and you direct it in the proper way, and so and again, yes. Oh, by the way, yeah, I can see I'm working on my marketing. On January 27th, at, which is Saturday, January 27th at, one, at 12 noon Eastern US, I'm doing a class Unstoppable Force, The Magic of Self-Image, where I'll get into details with steps and things that seem to work to reprogram that part of your self-image uh, at a deep level. That's Saturday, January 27th at 12 noon. And of course, it's recorded in case you can't make the training because sometimes life gets in the way. So if you have any questions, just reach out.